morning. Hey, y'all came to the right service. Uh, Because the first service, it was just a practice run for this one, right? Uh, This is my first Sunday here. Uh, For those of you, I've not had the chance to meet him. My name is Zorro. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, my first week here, I already have a confession to make. Is that okay? This is a safe place? All right. I really mean this confession. So I, I'm a pastor. I've been in the ministry for 20 plus years. I've been an elder. But um, <clears throat> I'm not always excited to come to church. I'm not. You know, uh, it's on my calendar. I kind of got to do it every week because I'm a pastor. Right? It's on my calendar. And even when I preach, I'm not, not always excited to preach. But this Sunday's different. It is. I don't know how you came in today. I don't know if you came in on fire and ready and excited. PTL, I'm so glad for you. Or if you didn't, if you came in today discouraged, or if you came in today just like, I don't know, dude. I just came today because I'm supposed to. I normally do this. The sun's not really out today, so I can't really go surfing. I'm just going to come to church. I don't know if you came today with just like maybe in the midlife crisis. Or maybe you came today just seeking, like what's, what am I supposed to be doing in my life? Or maybe you came today even just saying, hey, my life sucks. It's kind of lame. It's not where I thought it'd be at this point in my life. I don't know. And if that's you today, you've come to the right place. That's why I'm excited today because he knows and he knows the plan he has for our lives. Yes, and because of that, I'm excited. See, we see throughout Scripture, it's all peppered throughout Scripture, where God's plan is always good for people. It always works out. We look at Ruth, this Moabite woman. You think she wanted to be a widow? You think she wanted to serve her mother-in-law? No, but she did some righteous things, and because of that, God bless her. This, this guy named Jesus was one of her descendants. Paul, he was a persecutor of the one true king. He ends up worshiping the one true God, and he writes the, most of the New Testament. How about the guy that was crippled his entire life? He hung out at that place called the Beautiful Gate in Acts 3. You think he wanted to be crippled? But then the Lord used Peter and John to heal him. How about the women at the well? She thought she was worthless. She thought she was invisible to society until she had an encounter with the Messiah. Her sins were forgiven by Jesus and she was seen by him. You know, we're going through this 21 day journey as a church, right? Through our devotions, praying, fasting. And we read this week in Matthew 8, if you're following along, you know, the guy, you think he wanted leprosy? No. Part of his breakthrough condition was being healed by Jesus. You think the servant of the the centurion man wanted to be paralyzed? No, he didn't want to be paralyzed. But God used the faith of his boss to heal him. Do you believe that God has a plan for your life? See, I think God has a plan for all of our lives and a perfect plan for all of our lives. 
but I don't think we're there. Some of us aren't there. Some of us need a miracle in our lives right now to see that plan. But I think some of us aren't going to see that plan because, we, because of our prayer life. Because we aren't praying for those miracles. And I'm talking about in our prayer life where we're actually praying to saying, God, would you show up in a mighty way where when you answer that prayer, there's no other explanation other than it was God. You know, but most of us just want to hang out in the rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub prayer life. Right? Just get it in and get out. No! God isn't asking for that. If you want to go where he's leading and headed, you better get ready. You better go deep. And your prayer life better be different. And that's where we want to go as a church body. That's where we want to go as individuals. That's where we want to go collectively. And if you've been around the church for a while, you know his plans are good for us. Even if you've been to Hobby Lobby, you know his plans are good for us, right? You go to Hobby Lobby, everybody knows Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to, uh, to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. We all know that. We all know at the end of the day, if we could stand back, hey, we know that God's plan for our lives are good. But we still struggle. Because when it isn't going good, we're like, oh God, you're not in this, aren't you? Where are you at, Lord? So I usually don't freak out, okay? But about a month ago, I kind of got a little anxious moment in my life, right? Because I'm like, oh, I'm moving in like a month to Florida. Like, usually I'm like this hardcore gang member. And I'm like, I can face anything. I'm good, right? But I kind of got scared a little bit. I'm like, dude, I'm moving to Florida. That's like the cross the country, right? And uh, a week before Christmas, we were gifted uh, and blessed with a day at Disneyland for our family, right? And here I am going to Disneyland. I'm, I'm, I'm on the tram, and I'm thinking like, oh, man, I'm going to Florida like in two weeks. Yikes, what am I doing, right? So I started thinking, but I'm like, so something that my old church, Granada, did that is unheard of in ministry, they gave me a terminal sabbatical, which meant my last month there was just a gift. I didn't have to do anything. They wanted me just to hang out and relax or whatnot. So because of that, I was trying to honor it. I didn't want to check emails. I didn't want to do anything. Uh, so I wasn't. But then at Disneyland, as I'm like on the tram, I'm like thinking like, I should probably check my email. Because here's what I remember. I remember something I saw on the schedule like back in October that I'm preaching. And I'm like, wait a minute, time out. My first week there, I'm preaching. Freaking, this pastor Brian wants me to fail. This fool, he is setting me up for failure first week here. Thank you, Pastor Brian. You're watching online right now. Thank you, B. So I go, I better look at least my email and see what I'm preaching on, right, in like two weeks. Now look at the theme and it says, he knows the plan. Dude, I just start busting up laughing as I'm walking in California Adventure. I just start laughing. And I'm like, you know the plan, God. You know I'm supposed to preach. You're, I, you know this. I'm like thinking like in my head, I'm like, God, you got you to gotta come back down here and you got to be like a sitcom writer because your stuff's going to be funny, dude. Right? Because it was like, dude, this is so cool that God knows the plan. He knows that I'm supposed to be preaching. And this sense of peace and comfort just came over me. God knows, though, this has by far been the hardest season of my life to date. It just has. The last year has not been easy. It hasn't. This breakthrough condition getting here isn't easy. 
Okay, so I want you to stand, oh, this pastor has it all together, you know, coming in his tropical wear and his gear. No, dude, it ain't like that. It's not easy. This has been the toughest year of my life, but because I know he has a plan, I'm okay. You know, and I I, I think sometimes we're like uh, my middle schooler. Okay, I got a middle schooler, Silas, who I love dearly. If you're watching, I don't know what service you watch today, but you know you're my favorite kid. I don't care if everybody else sees that. But he's annoying sometimes, dude. Yes, dude, you're annoying sometimes, buddy. Because he asks like questions like all the time, like, where are we going? Why are we going? What are we going to do there? How long are we going to be there? I'm like, dude, just shh. Right? Shh. And if I say the words like, hey, we're going to TJ Maxx or Marshalls, I might as well say, hey, we're going to hell, buddy. Because that's what he thinks. He's like, what? No, I don't want to go there. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, dude, don't you know that we're going there probably because you need clothes or your siblings need clothes? It ain't necessarily just for me. It's for you. It's a good thing. Isn't that us, though? Sometimes we know that God's plan for life is good. But we go kicking and screaming. We're like, no. We, we ask like all these a million no, annoying questions. I mean, thank God he's not annoyed. I'm annoyed as the dad. But he's not annoyed as the dad. But we ask all these questions, don't we? Don't we go kicking and screaming? We just do. Let's look today at the life of Moses. You know, let's look at the beginning of the life of Moses. Exodus 2 says this. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could not hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it up and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. This is the sister, excuse me. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of water. Hey, so you know those, like, funny memes or those stories that that says, hey, um, how it started and where it is now, right? This first one, look at this. This is how it started. This house, this guy named Jeff decided to sell in 1994 a book out of here, okay? Online a book. Fast forward to 2024. Uh, he found it, this thing called Amazon in this house. Jeff Bezos worth, you know, a few bucks now, right? Most of you women know exactly who he is. Amazon's your best friend. And... In like 1950, this guy named Tony Maleka, he uh, came from this war-torn place in Croatia. He came and he just started like uh, putting scraps of money together. He saved $125 and he bought his first lathe machine to start making some tools. And then he created something called Maglite flashlights. 
I think every like police officer in America is issued one. Hey, look at this picture of this baseball player in 1990 playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That sign FHOF, which means future Hall of Famer, right? Uh, he thought for sure at this point in his life he was going to play for the California Angels someday. Fast forward to 2024. This is on our church's website. He's a pastor at Pathway Church in Vero Beach, Florida. I don't do that to get chairs, but thank you. I feel better about myself right now. I do that to, to show, hey, we have no idea. We absolutely have no idea where we started and where he's gonna call us. We have no idea where we started and how it's gonna finish. But we know he knows the plan. God knows the plan. We do not. Let's look at how Moses' life started. Now the man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. You think Moses wanted to start his life like this? You think Moses thought like, hey, this is a great plan, dude. Like, let me be born at a time where my type, my people are murdered and, and just did away with. You think Moses thought like, hey, that's a great time to enter the world. No, that wasn't. But talk about roller coaster. Then, hey, his, his parents go, oh, yeah, hey, look, this is a fine child, right? And I know all of us parents think like, oh, my kid is special. My kid is fine. Especially if you're a grandparent out there, you think your, your grandbabies are extra fine. Not every kid is extra fine. Some kids are ugly. Sorry, I know, I know. I just offended everybody on my first Sunday. I will be flying back to California tomorrow. But Moses, his parents knew that he was special. That they just knew he had a special anointing on him. And because of that, they had to protect him. And that's a whole miracle in itself. Three months, a baby crying. Have you all been to Walmart at 11 p.m. and heard those crying babies in the cars? There ain't no hiding them babies, okay? And these people were like, have you ever been on a camping trip? Where like, when you're camping, you hear everything. They're out here in the wilderness. They hear, you don't think they could hear Moses crying? They heard him. Or did they? A miracle from God protecting for three months. And his parents realized, hey, they can't do this anymore. And they say this in verse 3. But when she could hide him no longer, she got up a papyrus basket and coated it with tar and pitch. And she put her child in it, some down the Nile. How do you think Moses would feel at this point? Born at a time when I'm not really wanted, I might die. Now my parents are shipping me off at three months old. You, you think he felt like maybe I, I don't belong? Because then he grows up in a household of royalty, but he knows he's not one of them. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like, where am I, where's my place? I don't belong. And sometimes it's here in this room. And that's saddening to me because this is the one place on planet earth 
that you should feel like you belong. This is the family of God. And I want you to know, if you're visiting here today, or if you've been here for a while, and you don't feel like you belong, I want you to know you're home. Here at Pathway, this is your home. You belong. Yes, yes, yes. You get a seat at the table. And I'm not talking about, hey, when we, there's too many people and we got to go to the, uh, to the garage real quick and get that broke table that you never know if that one leg is going to fall when you eat. I'm not talking about that table. I'm not talking about the kids' table. You're invited to the adult table. You're invited to the seat where your voice matters, where you will be heard, and you are part of us. Your search is over. This is home. You belong. So if you've never felt like you, if you never felt like you fit in anywhere, you fit in here. Know that your search is over. You belong here. Because, because, because I know that. I grew up. Imagine this. I was born at a refugee camp. Grew, parents didn't really speak English. I'm super Asian. How many of y'all watch Fresh Off the Boat? Uh, that's me, right? I'm like that guy, dude. I'm like the main character guy. Like, that's me with a crazy fob-looking guy, right? And I grew up in a Hispanic community. Yeah. I didn't feel like I belonged. It was when I became part of the family of God. It was the first time in my life I knew I was home. You're home. You're home. So we're trying to figure out this whole breakthrough consideration. We're trying to figure out this whole God's plan for our lives. You know their sacrifice, though? I want you to know that um, their sacrifice. You don't think it, for that breakthrough condition to happen, you don't think it was sacrifice? Moses is bomb. Some of you out there online, you know the, the sacrifice. You've had to give up your child for adoption because you thought it was going to be a better life for your child. This is what she does. This is a huge leap of faith for her to know so her, Moses has a, a chance to survive. She has to give him up. Not only does she give him up, but she sends him down the Nile. Like, I don't know if you've ever been river rafting. I'm not an outdoorsy guy. You'll learn that real quick. I'm indoors. But I've been river rafting twice in my life. One time I was in Oregon at Kimberly at her grandparents' house. They had this river on their property. So we, we did it. And I know people are like, Zora, it was like a lazy river. Dude, why were you afraid? Yeah, I was still afraid because that kid's involved. And it's water. I have no idea what it's going to do. It has a mind of his own, right? I was afraid, but it was just like a little lazy river, okay, going down to Umpqua. Second time was a couple years ago. I was in Utah for a baseball tournament. And this time it was like a class something river. We had a guide, two guides. And that's what even freaked me out more because I was separated. I was with one of my kids and then my, uh, the other boat was a couple of my other kids, right? And I'm like, dude, if they fall, it could be seriously not good. Even though there's like guides there. And I was freaked out. Imagine sending your child in a basket down the Nile where there's potentially hippos and uh, crocodiles and snakes. And not only that, it was in a basket she made. Like she put tar on it, like to, to ship it. I, like I'd be terrified of that point, right? And here's another confession, okay? 
my office is getting redone. So uh, you guys know Aspen? Yeah, poor little Aspen. Yeah, she's a stud. She's a star, superstar. So I saw her building my chairs. Yes, go ahead. Take my man card. I know. I saw and I didn't go help, right? Because here's the reason why I didn't do it. Not because I'm like lazy, right? It's because I know, dude, I can't build anything. I know that if I would have helped her, the first time you come in my office and sit down, you're going to break that chair. And you're going to get a complex at that moment. Because I've broken many chairs in my life and it don't feel good. Imagine making this basket and sending your child down. That's scary in itself. There's sacrifice, isn't there? We want God's plan. We want this breakthrough condition. There's going to be sacrifice. There's going to be sacrifice. But here's the deal. Part of the devotional that we're going through as a church too covered Proverbs 133 this week. And it says this. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear or harm. Yes, it's an amen. Can you, you want to hear that again? Let me hear that again. Let's hear that again. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear or harm. So know that as you're going through God's will, God's plan for your life, and that you're willing to give up and go through the valley of those breakthrough conditions, know that you can do it in the safety of the Lord. That is the best place to be, is in the safety of the Lord, and you can do it. Here's what's crazy. You can even do it without fear. Or knowing that you're going to be harmed. You can do it without fear and harm. You can do it without fear and harm. How nuts is that? Because I bet you if you're sitting right now and you're in that like going down the Nile River as a three-month-old in a basket and probably hippos waving high at you, you're probably scared. You're probably, your safety is under concern. But here's the deal. You don't have to be because the Bible talks about that. It gives us safety. It says, hey, don't. You're going to be in my safety. You don't even have to face this fear, and I'm not going to let you get harmed. Yes, but we can't see that sometimes, right? Then Pharaoh's daughter went down the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. You think this is by chance? Oh, hey, yeah, hey, Pharaoh's daughter's just going to be there. No, it wasn't by chance. It was God's perfect provision, God's perfect will, God's perfect plan. And here's what's crazy, though, right? What if she didn't do it? Would that have been messing with God's perfect will and making it his permissible will? I know, I know some of you theologians out there are like, oh, theolo- theologic heresy here. What if what you do matters to others? That, that puts a responsibility on us as individuals, collectively as a community, to make sure we as individuals, and we collectively are seeking after God so we can all be in his perfect will. Because maybe what you do plays a role in other people's lives. That's a whole entire church, bride, community kind of deal, how it's all interwoven. I'm going to tell you right now, being in God's permissible will, yeah, it's cool. There's some good things that happen. Even sometimes there's great things that happen. But being in his perfect will is when epic happens. 
when joy happens that's in the scripture. That's the place I want to hang out with and be in and be a part of all the time is this perfect will. That's where I want to be. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Hey, he's already done the heavy lifting. He's already given us that framework that's difficult. He's already done the hard job. We get to do the really easy part. We just get to say, oh, we recognize it and we get to walk in his ways. That's all we got to do. Oh, yeah, that's from you, Lord. I'm just going to walk in the ways. We ain't got to try to create it. But for some reason, we want to be the guy that does all the handiwork, right? We want to make all the plans. God's probably just laughing at you, laughing at me. When he goes, watch this, watch this. My plan is way better. All we got to do is recognize it and walk in it. How cool is that? That's what God's inviting us to do. But Pharaoh's daughter not only had to get up, she had to say yes. You think, you, you think that was easy to take on a new baby? It would have been easier to turn away and not see anything. <laughs> Ain't that us sometimes? We know the Holy Spirit is convicting us. We know the Holy Spirit is leading us in a certain direction. But we go like this. I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing. Oh, that's for somebody else. Oh, there's somebody else spiritual. There's somebody else more qualified for that than me. And God said, no, dude. It's, that's for you. No, 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 no. The, that's you. I want you to do that. He wants you to do it. He wants me to do it. He's calling us to do it. Yes. Not somebody else, but you and I to do it together. What is that? What's the basket he's asking you to look into today? Where are you at in your journey? Are you just maybe looking in the basket and you see, oh, that, oh, no, that's not for me. Right? That's as much money as I'm ever going to do. But, hey, you guys, uh, that was funny. How come you guys aren't laughing? Like, what the heck, dude? Hey, but here's the deal. That basket, are, are you willing to do more with that basket than just look at it? What's the basket in your life right now? Because I promise you, we all have a basket. And this is why I can say that so boldly. Because God, God's always moving. Yes. We just got to recognize it. Yes. And if he's not moving, yikes, you're in a bad place. If you can't see him anywhere, better jump in that 21 day. You better jump in that 21 day fasting and praying. I mean, God's going to do something bigger. That's why Pastor Brian has asked us to do this. It's not because he wants to see Pathway Church walk around all hangry. It's because he knows God's calling us to do something big as a church, as a community, and we better be praying and fasting. That's the truth. That's the truth. How you react to the opportunity to serve is going to impact you and others. Imagine this. Your, the, your life that you're living isn't just about you. It's not just about you. It's about others. It's about bringing others to Jesus and loving every single person in your pathway. 
Here's what Pharaoh's daughter does. She opened it and saw the baby and he was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then the sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, she said, go, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mom. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the women took the baby and nursed him. Moses' life, God's favor was on it. For you and I, if we're seeking God and truly releasing our lives, we're losing our lives to follow the author of life, if we're doing that, God's favor is going to be on our, on our lives. You think God was leaving Moses for destruction? That little bastard, you think he was going to allow him to get eaten up by a crocodile? No. No. He was protecting him. He knew. You think it was by chance that he was picked up by royalty? No. And Moses' mom, she was rewarded for her faithfulness. Imagine this, moms. Imagine you sacrificing your child down the river, and then all of a sudden you get to come back and you get to raise your child still, and on top of that you get paid for it? Yeah, you're like, yeah, I can give you, for all those driving times at Chick-fil-A, I get paid for that. I'm like an Uber driver now, Right? Yes, she got paid for it on top of it. So she got to see and make sure Moses was okay, and she got paid for it. That's a dub. That's a win. Right? This is what God's inviting us to. I don't want you to be like, oh, my gosh, I got to be live God's will. It's going to just suck, God. No, he's inviting you to something big, something exciting, something where his favor is a part of Yes, his favor is a part of it, and his blessings is there. But it, I'm not going to lie, it's hard. There's times that's difficult. There is times that is difficult. Verse 10 says this. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew water. I drew him out of the water. Look, if you've been around the church, you know, Moses' life gets way harder before it gets way better. It just does. I want you to know that your life, if you're seeking God and you're seeking through this breakthrough condition, it may get harder before it gets better. Here at our church collectively, it may get harder before it gets better. We, you can't do it, I can't do it, Unless we are connected to the vine. Unless we are in God's word daily. Unless we are praying like being in the spirit 24-7. I'm I'm serious. I mean, the Bible says you could be praying all the time without ceasing. And I'm not talking again those like kumbaya prayers. I'm talking about real prayers that are places that you don't even want to go but God's asking you to pray and be with him in those prayers. You think Randy wanted to take his family out of Ohio or you think he wanted to leave that little sales job to go into ministry? Ain't nobody want to go into ministry. <laughs> Ain't nobody. So, the, so yeah, no, yeah, nobody wants to go into ministry. We're called to ministry. Randy was called to ministry. Amen. Moses ends up leading the Israelites out of Egypt. 
he ends up leading people out of slavery. God used him, uses him, used him, because God knows the plan. He knows the plan. He knows the plan. And I want you to know, it's hard. There's sacrifice. He knows the plan. He knows the plan for my life here. You think it was easy for me? No. It wasn't. This has been the hardest year of my life. And I have no doubt this next six months, until my family's here because they're finishing up school, it's going to be the hardest season of my life. But I'm okay. I'm okay. Let me tell you why I'm okay. Not because I got all these cool plans and, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. No. Because I am doing nothing more than being connected to the vine. I'm in God's word daily. I'm praying daily. I'm in the spirit daily because I know that's the only way that's going to be okay. So standing here today, I don't want you to think like, oh, hey, this pastor has it all together. He's, he's up there. He's funny, kind of good looking, kind of not. You know, I, I don't want you to think like he has it all together, right? It's hard. Remember that, that annoying middle schooler? He wrote this the day after I left on his social media. Last night, my dad left for Florida. I'm happy for all the memories me and my dad made in California. This is the funniest, most loving and caring dad in the world. Thank you for everything, dad. I love you. This is what I left. And honey, I'm sure you'll be watching. I don't know if you watched it. Kimberly, this is my wife. She's the real MVP. She's the one that sacrificed. She said, yes, I will look in the basket and, and look and grab it with you, Zoro. She's the one that works full-time in ministry, serving missionaries all throughout the world. She works full-time, and she has four kids, crazy busy schedules that she has to uh, juggle now by herself. So she said, yes, I'm going to take that baby. Yes, I'm going to walk in faith. There was sacrifice. And then let me show you this. This is the, my son, my, my son who's graduating. So I, I want you to know that this is a great sacrifice. Not because I want you to be like, oh, hey, Zoro, feel, don't feel bad for me, dude. I'm in God's will. There ain't no feeling bad for me, okay? I'm in God's will. But I want you to know it comes at a cost. And I'm only sharing this because I want you to know as you enter God's will, it's going to come at a cost. But it's worth it. Because you don't even know. Because it's going to come at a cost. But if you don't want to be in God's will, the cost is bigger. The cost is bigger. And the cost is even bigger. You don't even know what it's costing you. But you don't even be in God's will. You're missing out on all of what he has for you. You don't even know that that's the cost that you're missing. At least I can recognize this cost and be okay because it's in his will. 17 years, God has blessed me with my, my son who's he's 17 years right now. I've never really missed any of his baseball games. He's entering his senior year right now, his senior season. He's getting recruited by colleges, and I'm going to miss his senior year of baseball. There's a cost. Let me show you what he put on his Instagram this week for people to see. That's him when he was younger. That's him when we were just here with my wife and Preston. That's him when he was like 12. That, that's him laughing at me. That was uh, last uh, Christmas in San Diego. That was when I was morbidly obese and had no balance. Now I'm just obese, so I could probably hang out there a little bit longer. 
I want you, I have a close family. Let me, let me read what he wrote. He wrote this. That's the caption. So about a year ago, my dad had an opportunity. Excuse me. So about a year ago, my dad had this opportunity open up to be a pastor in Florida. He thought nothing really of it, but listened to God and went along with the process. Well, he ended up with a job. And my parents felt God's calling to Florida. So earlier this week, my dad moved out to Vero Beach, Florida, while the rest of my family stays back to finish out the school year. This is so, so hard. I love this guy so much, more than I can explain. He has the brightest personality and always knows how to make people laugh. He is the most loving dad that I could ask for, and he is the, big, he is the biggest supporter in everything that I do. Most importantly, though, he is such a man of God, and he shows that in every single step of his life. This new journey for about the next six months is going to be extremely difficult. But I know God has a big plan and, and that he will be back and we will be back together soon. I love you so much, Dad, and I miss you more and more every second. It comes at a cost. But I want this breakthrough moment. You don't think this is God's perfect will for my life right here. The spirit of the Lord just hovers in this place. I want to be a part of this. So for me to be here, it took sacrifice. It's going to take you sacrifice to be God's will. And yes, when I read that, that was one of the biggest wins as a dad ever. It takes sacrifice. This wasn't done easily. But his perfect plan is where I want to be. That's where I want to live. You know, you may not know exactly what his perfect plan is, but you can start recognizing it. So, you know, if, if I looked at a blueprint, right, I would look at numbers and elevations and all, I would have no idea what it meant. But my buddy Murray, who's an architect, he'd be like, oh yeah, this is what it means. If I looked at a calculus problem, I'd be like, what? It was like four paragraphs long. I would have no idea what it is. But my son, Caleb, he'd be like, oh, yeah, Dad, this is how you do it. He's a mathematician. If I looked at a treadmill, I'd be like, huh? Is there a button you press? But a guy like Eric Smith, he would know what it is, and he would know how to use it correctly. So you may not know what God's plan is, but you'll start recognizing it. And you can only recognize it if you are connected to the vine. And the closer and closer you are to him, the more and more you start understanding it. The more and more you start recognizing and seeing his plan for your life. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Are you leaning on your own understanding of your life? Are you leaning on God's understanding? Are you looking at it through your lenses? Or are you looking at it through God's lenses? Because when you look at your life and his plan for your life through his lenses, it's a lot easier to see. It's a lot clearer. And a lot more confidence. I know this, 
I don't know what his plan for your life is specifically, but I know this for sure. One thing for your life that his plan is, is that you would know him. I don't know if everybody, I don't know in a room this size, if you don't know him, if you don't call yourself a believer, a follower of Jesus yet, I want you to know that is the biggest step you need to take to figure out his entire perfect will for your life. That's step one. If you don't do that, nothing else matters unless you say, hey, you know what? I am a sinner, which means, hey, I've fallen short, right? The Bible says everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. That means me, Pastor Brian, everybody in this room has fallen short of the glory of God. And we recognize that there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do that we need God. And we say, hey, I'm willing to give my life over to that. That's the first step. And if you have any more questions about that, there'll be people up here that would love to pray for you, with you, and answer any questions in a minute. Let's look at these next step questions. Do you believe that he really does know and control the plan for your life? Do you believe that today? Do you really believe he knows? Silas challenges everything. Because he doesn't know if his daddy knows what's up. But our dad, our father, knows what's up in our lives. He knows the plan he has for us. And it's perfect. It is. We just got to recognize it. And we can only recognize that if we're hanging out with him, being part of the vine. Are you willing to go through the valley of the breakthrough condition to see the miracle and blessing at the other end? Are you willing to go through that toughness? Dan and Sally went through it. Are you ready? Are you willing to go through it to be on this side? Because I'm going to tell you right now, this side is sweet. Being in his will, it is sweet. Giving me diabetes, sweet. (laughs) It is sweet. What is the pathway that God is asking you to go through right now that you may not think you're ready for? Are you ready to trust him in it? Are you ready to trust him in it? Because I'm telling you right now, he's ready to be trusted. And he's inviting you and I to trust him. If you have a conviction, if there's something you say, hey, I I, want to step forward today. And I want to make a commitment to one, to Jesus, or two, to saying, yeah, hey, I get it, I see it, and I just need some encouragement, and I need God's strength to go through this. Oh, you know, there'll be some prayer partners up here during this next song, and we want to pray with you. We want to engage with you. Would you allow us to? Let's continue.